Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. Ephraimites and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Reinbold, and this is the House of Ephraim show today. We do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbold. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time, that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois out what we call lovingly the corn patch, and you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God. And I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material, not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service. And we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. And you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprophet.com. That's cradle at jewishprophet.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that... Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Decker. We're going to name this thing tonight uh, out of Second Thessalonians. We're going to start in the second chapter, and we're going to talk about First, a falling away, and that's what we're going to name it. First, a falling away. And in the Second Thessalonians, in the second chapter, in the first verse, it says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, that by our gathering together unto him, 
that you be not soon shaken in mind or in trouble, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Now, I know that we have, we have read this for years, we have preached and, and, and taught out of this for years, but I want to pay particular uh, 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 attention tonight to the fact that he's talking about the falling away and what that falling away is going to amount to and, and how it's going to take place. Come on in. And how it's going to take place and why it's going to take place. I've heard, I've heard so many stories of, and renditions of, well, you know, Brother Decker, there's going to be a falling away and it's going to be this way and it's going to be that way. And, but the Bible doesn't tell us. All the Bible says is that, that, that except there come a falling away first. In other words, he said, don't be shaken in your mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter. As from us, as that the day of the Christ is at hand. So don't, 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 don't let that happen to you because there's first got to be a great falling away. Now, I have ministered for 30 years. And over those years, I have been able to notice something that is absolutely a fact, that the, that the church world today is growing in numbers, as they tell us. But there is also people leaving as are coming in. In other words, there are people coming in, but there's also people going out. So really, the numbers are being replaced and replaced by, but we're not growing in the kind of numbers that we're now. Now somebody said to me, he said, "Well, now you look down in Texas and that big uh, stadium they got down there. They fill up two or three times on a Sunday to have church. Well, you want to keep a real close eye on that because, as I told you, we're coming up to and and we're we're quickly coming to a place when we're going to see that this this absolutely change. Not only is it going to change, and I don't see it changing in a great big abrupt way, but it is going to change. The reason it's going to change is because of what we have been ministering for probably, in my case, probably the last ten years, the fact that the, the, the people are becoming dissatisfied. Everywhere that I go, there's there's people dissatisfied. They're not satisfied with what's going on. I was speaking to a man today, and the man said to me, he said, there's something wrong. He said, I go to church. He said, we still sing. We still speak in tongues. We still have a, a, a prophecy. He said, we still lay hands on the sick. And he said, a few sick people every once in a while get healed. But he said, there's something wrong. He said, the, what, he said what, there's not the feeling anymore. Well, the fact of it is, you can't live on feelings, and we know that. Amen? We live on every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. But the fact of it is, that, that, that what this man was saying, that the presence of God, the presence of God was, was once there in the assembly that, that anyway, that he's gone to. In fact, this, this fellow has changed assemblies now. Over the last three or four years, he's changed assemblies three different times. And, and, and he's looking for... He is searching for, trying to find the same thing that, that he remembers 20, 30 years ago. And, and you know, we have said over and over and over again that you must understand what God is doing. You must understand it. I, I told him, I said, you know, the, the advantage that I have now that I've never had before here in the United States by traveling into these cities by realizing in every city that I'm going, I'm finding that group of people, just like you're that group of people in this area, that, that are coming and saying, you know, we've found it. We know what's happening. We know where the change is at. We know what's taking place. We want to move into that. Teach us how to move into that. And God, what God is saying is that, that, that we are. And what the, what the Rahakodesh was saying here in the third chapter, third chapter the third verse, of Second uh, Thessalonians and the second chapter was simply the fact that don't let anybody deceive you about Christ coming because there's going to have to first be a falling away. And the falling away means falling away from the church. There is going to be a falling away from the church. Now, how is that going to take place? Now, 
we have to realize, okay, in the beginning, we have been, we have been duped or deceived uh, into believing that there is a great uh, economic uh, swelling, if you will, around this world. We have been deceived. Uh, we, we're told to put our cares and our trust in, in worldly things, and we're being told that by the church. We're being told that by the government. We're, we're being told to bless God that, 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 that we're in a great time of, 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 of great financial increase on this earth. They, they said for the next 20 or 30 years it was going to be, it's going to be that way. Well, it's not going to be that way. But yet at the time of what's going on, we are being deceived and we're being, we're being drawn aside. You know, I have, I found myself lately, uh, going into these cities and the places that we're going, saying to the people, you've got to be careful because, oh, Slewfoot, the devil is out here deceiving people, getting people going on, in the directions in which God's not taking them. And if the powers of darkness can get you going that way when God wants you to go this way, you're not going to be a problem anyway. You're out of the way, and, and they're not concerned about you. The, and, and we've got so many voices. We've got so many you know, people saying so many things that this is God over here, and here's God there, and come see what this is about, and come and see what that's about. To the place where, bless God, if we're not careful what we're going to end up having, having happen to us, we're going to be so divided and so split, we're not going to know what's going on. Go Luke uh, Luke 21 with me, if you will. Luke 21. And in, in, the, in the 21st chapter of Luke, and in the 34th verse, it says, And take, take heed to yourself, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, and so that the day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall, shall it come on them that dwell on the face of the earth, or the whole earth. So he says it's going to happen, it's going to come, there's going to be a snare. But he's saying, be careful, be careful. What he's really saying here, don't let yourself get caught, don't get yourself going that way when you need to be going that way. See, right now we're, we're hearing a lot of people say a lot of things about what they believe is going to happen. I, I, you know, I, I finally have said this. You know, we've had so many people prophesy and say, Thus saith God that the financial system is going to fall like this and this and this. And I said, as I've always said about the book of Revelation, like I've always said about the, the rapture and all the things I said, there's too many, there's too many opinions. There's too many people saying God is saying this, 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 and this, and God can't be saying all of it because if He did, it would be contradictory one to another. The fact of it is, there's one God doing one thing, and that thing that He's doing is He's bringing forth the church, His people, for one last big hurrah before His Son comes back to this earth. That's what He's doing. In the midst of that great hurrah, all hell is going to break loose on this earth. It's going to break loose. You and I are in the middle of, of one of the greatest battles spiritually that there is ever going to be on this earth, and yet at the same time we're standing in the most exciting and the most anointed times that, that the, even the prophets prophesied about. You and I are there. <coughs> Excuse me. And you and I must realize that. The 36th verse says, Watch ye therefore and pray always. So we're to watch and we're to pray. Now, this is what I love about this. That you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things and, that, that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. So evidently, we can be worthy to escape these things, can't we? Sure we can. That's, that's Yeshua Himself speaking. He said, you, you pray, you watch, you pray and you watch that you may be accounted worthy to escape these things. Now, you're not going to escape these things if you're over here doing something over, over here. doing it. Now, let me tell you some things we got caught up in years ago. And, and one of the things was the gold thing. Now, I don't know whether you were in a church where they were into the gold thing, but we had a, a lady that was involved in the ministry, and she was very well-to-do financially. And she came to me and she said, you know, Prophet, she said, the thing to do is, she said, I, she, this, this gal flew to Las Vegas to a, to a, a some big get-together in a convention building where they were, they were talking about how this thing could work 
and how it was going to work and how it was an absolute sure thing and you put your money in it and all this thing worked out and I sat there and I listened to it and, and I, I said, well, I said, you know, sis, I said, there's only one problem here. If this thing didn't work, I said, you know who the bum's going to end up being? It's going to be end up being me. And I said, I'm not interested in riches, but I said, I'm going to tell you something. If you're so sure that this is right, I said, will you, uh, uh, will you guarantee that ever, because I said, you know, these people don't have money, most of them, just to be throwing around into things like that. I said, will you guarantee them that if this doesn't work out, you'll get the money back? Oh, yes. She said, absolutely. She said, I prayed about it. I fasted about it. And God said that this is the way it was, that it was going to work. It's going to make everybody rich and it's going to make this, make this church worth millions of dollars. And she said, I'm already investing money in, in the behalf of this church into gold that this thing will happen. And I sat there for a while, and she said, are you going to pray about it? I said, oh, I don't have to pray about it. I said, I don't have to pray about it one bit. I said, I'm going to tell you something. I've never seen any of these things ever work. I said, I don't know that it's of God, or it's not. but if you're guaranteeing, and if you'll come up there on the platform tonight, and I will explain to them and let you explain, and then you tell the people that if it doesn't work out, you're going to replace all their money. I said, now let's be sure that we understand that. Absolutely. So that night, she got up there, she did just exactly that, and all, of course, everybody got excited about it. And I told them, I said, now I'm going to tell you something. I said, I'm not going to stand here and tell you I think this is of God, because I don't know. But I said, I will tell you this, the only good thing about it is, if it doesn't work out, you're going to get your money back, and you can't get in a deal any better than that. Well, everything went well for about three months, four months, five months, about six months went by and things went sour. All of a sudden, the gold market changed. All of a sudden, this little scheme deal that they, she went to Las Vegas and with thousands of people that she was involved with out there, it, it all sort of began to dwindle. And, and I called her on the phone and I said, uh, Sister, I said, uh, we uh, have a problem, don't we? And she said, well, I think it's just a little bump in the road. She said, I think everything will be all right. Another month went by and it was worse. So I, I said to her one night after service, I said, Sis, let me have a word with you. I said, now, <clears throat> people are now losing money. And I said, their money. And I said, now, it's time for you to do what you told us, that told me that you were going to do, is to give their money back. She said, well, I didn't say that. I looked at her and I said, oh, you didn't? She said, no, no, no. She said, no. She said, I'm not going to see to it. She said, why, there's thousands of dollars involved in this. And I said, you bet there's thousands of dollars involved in this. And I, and I looked at her and I said, let me tell you something that I know for a fact. It's not good to lie to a prophet of God. I said, I, I know that for a fact. I've watched too many years. I've watched too many people. I've watched too much happen, and which some of them are dead today over. And I said, uh, I said, sister, if I were you, I would go home and pray about this and reconsider this. Because I said, I'm going to go next week before the people and I'm going to have to say something about the mess that, that's been created in this thing. Well, the next week came, and boy, well, before it came, she called me on the phone. She said, well, she said, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand behind that. She said, I, I don't remember saying that. I'm going to stand behind it. I, but, and she said, I'll, I'll go ahead and do that. And I said, well, well, that's good, because I said, you know, you told the people right there in front, in the, right, right there in the holy place, uh, that, that you were going to, if everything went bad, you'd give the money back. Well, she said, I, I guess maybe I did. And she said, I'm going to, I'm going to, so she replaced the money. And then after that thing was over, I said this, now you have an opportunity to have learned an invaluable lesson. The lesson is very simple. While you were busy over here trying to put gold up, which the canker and everything else is going to eat in the end, I said, you missed spiritually where God was wanting to take you. Now you're playing catch-up. Now you're behind because you have been so interested over here. See, and, and, and that is what the Lord was saying here. You have to watch. You have to pray always. And you have to understand that this thing, folks, this thing isn't just cut and, cut and dried. This isn't a shoe-in. It's not just an absolute. You know, I, I, I'm, I, I'm seeing, when I, when I was in Barbados, we poured oil and we sealed all those people and, 
And they came up, and I, and I told them. I told them more than once. I said, now listen to me. I said, now this oil that I'm putting on top of you to, to seal you is not going to do one bit of good if you're not going to keep the commandments and the testimony of, of the Lord God's Son, Yeshua. And if you're not going to do that, the sealing of this is not going to, it isn't going to work. All this is going to do is added protection to you. Now you watch, and, and, and I'm sure I'm going to get ready to do this out in Washington, D.C. this week again. And I'm, I am certain that I'm going to get some nasty, nasty emails before this is over. Well, you sealed us and nothing happened. Well, no, no let me, again, let me try, try to understand this. <coughs> Excuse me. There is nobody here that is guaranteed this thing out from under the Word and the, and the leadership of the Spirit. In other words, we're going to have to follow the Rahakadish, the Holy Ghost. We're going to have to follow Him. We're not, we're not in this thing, bless God, to worry about going... But now there's people going over here. It's not just the financial things. Finances is just part of those things. What's the government, the church? The church is in the finances big time, and I think all of us know that, don't we? Now, there's a, there is a spirit, bless God, that is all for partying, having a party. And that spirit, and I'm talking about in the church... You go to church to party. Bless God, they, 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 you know, they, they wave the flags, they do the dances, they do all this stuff. And, and, and when it's all over, you think you have been in a big party. Well, let me tell you something. The Spirit of God can long since not be involved in things like that. Now, I'm not going to tell you that there's not a time to party in the Holy Ghost or the Rahakadish, because there is. But I'm going to tell you something else. You only celebrate when there has been a great victory that's come in hand. When Miriam danced and she sang, remember with the tambourine, and she led, led the congregation and she played the tambourine and she sang about how that the horses and the riders that God had thrown into the sea. But those, those, those type of celebrations don't happen every day. They don't happen in every service. People used to come to me and ask me, said, I used to call them Wally Wallbangers. And, and, and I'm talking about when the Spirit of God would just absolutely be knocking everybody on the floor and everything else was going on. And people come and say, when are we going to have another Wally Wallbanger? And I said, whenever God decides we're going to have one. So, well, you know, I like that kind of stuff that goes on every week. Well, I'm sorry. You, you know, we, we, can, we can do two things. I mean, well, the first thing we can do is that we can have a presentation that looks like we're all having a great time, and, and a Wally Wallbanger, as I call them, a thing going on. And, but let me tell you what's going to happen. In the end, it's going to end up like taking communion every week. In the end, it's going to be like singing the old rugged cross every time we get together. It ain't going to mean nothing. And that's the place where I see part of this great falling away that's first going to take place is going to begin to accumulate itself. Because people are now beginning to question. As I said, I, I, I have, I'm not going to tell you I've lived for this moment because I, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not happy that all this is happening. But I knew that that time was going to have to come. I wasn't sure when it was going to come because of the fact of all the things that I personally have been through over 30 years, watching people reject the truth and receive a lie. And that's really where we've at. Now, over, over, and, my, and I can only talk uh, of the past 30 years that I've been in ministry. I have watched, and I have watched, and I have watched, and I have watched, as people, bless God, got themselves into a place where they would rather do what? Believe a lie and pretend that that lie is truth than to do what they need to do. Let's go to Jeremiah, the 12th chapter. Jeremiah 12. But you know, in the, in the end of all of it, and, and, but again, you, you hang on to those words that Yeshua spoke. You understand that we might be counted worthy to escape. Well, I don't know about you, but I want to be accounted worthy to escape when that time comes. And it's going to come. It's at, it is right now at our back door, if you will. Now, 
Jeremiah 12, verse, the, the 12th chapter, the first verse. Righteous art thou, O Lord, when I plead with thee, yet, yet let me talk with thee of thy judgments. Wherefore doth the way of the wicked prosper? Wherefore are all they happy that deal very treacherously? Thou hast planted them, yea, they have taken root, they grow, yea, they bring forth fruit. Thou art near in their, in their mouth and far from their reins. Now what's he saying? He said, the unrighteous are prospering. They're doing all right. But thou, O Lord, knowest me. Thou hast seen me and tried my heart toward thee. Pull them out like sheep uh, for the slaughter and prepare them for the day of slaughter. How long shall the land mourn and the herbs of every, every field wither for the wickedness of them that dwell therein? The beasts are consumed, the birds, because they said, He shall not see our last end. Jeremiah was saying, Lord God, enough's enough. Now it's hard, it's hard. I think I, I, think I, I told this story, but I'm going to tell it again. This brother came to me and he said to me, he said, I'm a farmer. This just happened just recently. And he said, I live in an area up in Michigan. And he said, I live in an area, and he said, everybody, everybody up and down the road are farmers. And he said, we have had bad crops over the last few years. He said, I am a Holy Ghost-filled Christian man. I believe that I'm saved, and I believe I'm going to heaven. But he said, the thing that I've heard you as you preach that has come home to me is, what makes me any different than them? What is it? I'm serving the living God. They're not serving God at all. But look at them. They've got new tractors. They've got new trucks. They've got new this. They've got new that. We all don't have good crops. I don't stand out in any way different than they are. Now, he said, he said, what is this all about? I said, it's very simple. And I challenged him with the same thing that I'm challenging the church with all over the, all over the world that I can get to to challenge. You come out from among them. Come out from among them. Now, who is them? Well, the, the church doesn't want to hear this, but it's the church. You're not having to come out from the world. Dear God in heaven, you're already saved from the world. You're saved, and I hope to pray that you're filled with the Rahakadish. But the fact of the matter is, you don't have to come out from, from the world. You're already out, but come out from them. Come out from them that God can do what? Bring you forth. Bring you forth. You spend one year doing what I'm doing, put your whole heart into it, and then you go back and you begin to do what? You begin to look at the difference between you and them. Because, folks, there's got to be a difference between us and this world. And right now, for the most part, the world is winning. Are the people that run this big, uh, the only uh, industry in Fairfield, are they sold out Christian people, do you know? You doubt it. Okay, we're just going to say we doubt it. We haven't mentioned any names, so we're not going to be in trouble for this. Good point, right? That plant's got good Holy Ghost-filled people in it. But yet what? They're making all the money. They've got the big airplane out here in the hopper, don't they, in the, in the hopper in the, in, the, in the building. They're making all the millions of dollars. What makes it? Why should they... And that's what Jeremiah's saying. Why do, are they prospering... And God's people aren't. And, and folks, there's nothing wrong with that question. Now, this is all part of what I'm saying when I'm talking about first there must be a, a great falling away. The falling away is because finally, and I have said over and over and over for years and years, I'm a realist. It either works or it doesn't work. If it works, let's get on with it. If it doesn't work, let's go fishing. Let's find something else to do. But let's don't be monkeying around with that anymore. And that's the way we've got to look at this thing. Finally, the church has come to a place of standing back and saying, I don't believe this thing is working. 
They keep telling us it's working, but I don't know that it is working. Now, what's that all about? I'll tell you what it's all about. You're looking at them people out here that are heathens. Bless God that, are, that, 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 that don't go to church. They don't have anything to do with God. In fact, all they do is damn Him with everything they speak out of their mouths, and yet they have more, they have more than we've got. God somehow has pulled out. Now listen to me. The Bible talks about how that God pours out rain upon the righteous and the unrighteous. Listen very closely to this prophet. The day is coming when it's going to quit raining on the unrighteous. The day is coming when God is about to do what? He is about to raise up His own children. The promises of God that have always been in this book are yea unto His children. The problem that we've gotten into at this point in time is, bless God, where are, where are we at? You look at them, you look at us. What's the difference? They're driving all the new cars. That bless God, a lot of these places and the towns and cities, they're so corrupt now that, bless God, the authorities of the town, they're into the drugs. They're selling the drugs. You know why? Because that's where the money's at. So they've decided we'll get into that. And here's God's people out here doing what? Just getting by a day at a time. And let me tell you something. That's not what God had in mind. God said... Good, good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over is what God talked about. And yet somehow we have settled. We have settled because somebody convinced us the fact that what we had to do was to come into a place, reverence God, a place that we call church, reverence God, make sure that, bless God, that the church is taken care of. And, of course, we're going to pray for all the rest of you. And that's the way it's been for centuries. Let's go to Jeremiah, the seventh chapter, Jeremiah 7. Jeremiah wasn't any fool. He was looking at the Lord, and he said, Lord, now listen, enough's enough. And now in the, in the seventh chapter of Jeremiah, we'll start in the, in the first verse, and he says, The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house, and proclaim there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all ye of Judah that enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Sounds pretty tough, doesn't it? Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. You see, there's not any, there, there isn't any in-between to it. Amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this house. Trust ye not in lying words, saying, The temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord are these. For if ye thoroughly amend your ways and your doings, if ye thoroughly execute judgment between a man and his neighbor, if ye oppress not the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow, and shed not innocent blood in this place, neither walk after other gods to your hurt, then will I cause you to dwell in this place, in the land that I gave to your fathers forever and ever. Behold, ye trust in lying words that cannot profit." And that's what he's saying. There is deception in our political system and in the church bringing lying words to us. Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to become... You know, one of the biggest stirs that, I, that I'm making, and, and, and one of the things that I'm, I'm really in awe over is saying to the people, the 91st Psalm doesn't work for the Christians. It works for the people that keep the commandments. And do you want to know something? I'm going to say this, and I'm, I, I know this is guessing, but I'm going to guess that probably six or seven years ago, if I was to have traveled this country and said that, I wouldn't have traveled very long because my, uh, my, 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 my fame would have preceded me with this word that the 91st Psalm isn't for the church and no one would have had me. But the fact of the matter is, the church is now in a precarious position at best, into a point and place and time where the church now is just about ready to listen because they're tolerating me. And because they're tolerating me at this time, I know that the church is losing, the prophets are starting to win. And I know that. I have said, we are pushing the church into a corner. 
We're demanding answers that they can't give us, and we know that. We know that we have the answers as the prophets, and we know that they cannot come up to the standard in which God has given revelation knowledge to us to go into this last and great battle that we're going into. And we know that. So we challenge them. We say that. The 91st Psalm is not for the church. It doesn't work. If it does, show us. And my way of saying it, you've got a better plan than I've got, come up and demonstrate the power of God and give us a plan. And I haven't got anybody to get out of a chair or a pew yet. And there won't be, and I'll tell you why. Because there isn't any. They don't have another plan outside of the rapture. They don't have another plan, bless God, that there could ever be anything conceivable as a pandemic that would come and destroy millions and millions of lives. There is no plan. All we're going to do is gather in our neat little churches, huh? And we're going to pray and God's going to pass over us. Well, I'm going to tell you something, honey. If He's going to pass over us, then why isn't your crop better than your next-door heathen farmer's crop? That's really where we're at, isn't we? Isn't it? If that's... And this guy down here that's running the whorehouse has got a yacht worth four or five million dollars. What is going on? I'll tell you what's going on. God has let the rain fall upon the righteous and the unrighteous for almost 2,000 years now. The time of dispensation of grace is over. Now things are about to change. The Lord God is bringing, bringing forth a standard that He's about to raise up with the prophets across the land. And, and the people are beginning to do what? They're beginning to listen. Do you think they were listening in Jeremiah's time? Let me tell you something. He was saying things. Listen to what he goes on to say. Will you steal, murder, and commit adultery, and swear falsely, and burn incense unto Baal, and walk after other gods whom you know not, and come and stand before me in this house, which is called by my name, and say, We are delivered to do all these abominations? Shame on you. But that's really where this thing has come to. Let's go to Second Peter. Second Peter. God's plan, and I, and I love, I love what God, I love what God is, is saying, and, and, and what God is doing even now. Now, in the second chapter, second Peter, first verse, it says this, But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Now let's stop and let's think about that for a minute. A day is as the thousand years with God. What is swift destruction? Well, over a two thousand year period, I, I don't think over the, 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 you know, the, the thousands of years that we can say that, bless God, that, that in our thoughts of a carnal people that we are, you know, swift destruction would mean tomorrow. Alright? Now, he goes on to say here the fact that they brought, up, they brought that upon themselves. False teachers among you who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them. Stop and think about these damnable heresies. We're going to have Easter instead of having Pesach, Passover. We're going to change, we're going to change uh, the, the Sabbath and we're going to now have the Lord's Day on Sunday, and that will be the Christian Sabbath. We're going to make the 25th day of December uh, we're going to, the day that Christ was born, and we're going to celebrate with Santa Claus. We're going to have Halloween parties in the basements of our, our synagogues and our churches to celebrate the highest satanic day of, of the year on the 31st day uh, of October. Those are damnable heresies that have been brought into the church. Now, now, that's not what the church believes. What the church believes, that these false prophets and these teachers and false teachers are people like me, people like you that are coming in and trying to suggest that there might be some other way, some other means in order for this to take place. The fact of it is, it's been there all along, and, and, and it's in the ballpark, in other words, the ball's in their ballpark. In the second verse, and many shall follow, follow their pernicious, their, their pernicious ways. The word pernicious here is destructive, 
by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. We don't keep the commandments anymore. Bless God, we don't have to because we was delivered from that when Jesus came. What is that? That is speaking, bless God, of evil of the right way. That's speaking evil of the correct way. And we believe that because the church is standing back now and doing it. Now, you know what I keep saying? Bring it on! If you know, bring it on! Bring it on! Every one of these cities that I go to, God anoints me. God brings forth the miracles and the healings and the deliverances. Bring it on. Let's see it. They can't produce it. As I keep saying, we now have the church right where we want the church. The church can't produce it. People like me can. And we're going to keep pushing the church. And we're going to keep screaming and we're going to keep yelling. And the people are going to keep coming out. And the great falling away is going to begin to begun, as they say. And it's already began. The falling away has begun. As I prophesied uh, to you, I think to you here, I have in other cities anyway, that bless God in this year we're going to begin to see more and more small cell groups begin to, to come out of the churches and begin to, to flourish. That the thing that's going to be heard of these small cell groups, groups are going to be really interesting. You know what's going over there at the Smith's home? Well, they're getting together, you know, and they're, they're putting on these, these funny looking things around in these, these prayer shawls, these Jewish things, and, and, and covering their heads, and they're praying, and they're keeping new moon. Whoever heard of that? That's the devil himself speaking of the right ways as though they're evil. Can you understand what's going on and where we're at with this thing? My Lord and my God, they, uh, folks, I'm going to tell you something, and I made a statement. 15 years ago, and I thought they were going to take me outside, and if at all possible, they would have stoned me that night. The statement that I made was that 99% of the church wouldn't know Jesus Christ if He came in and sat down next to them. Wouldn't know Him. And they came to me, and oh, they pointed their fingers, and they... I said, I'm right. I know that I am right. He says, the way of truth shall be even spoken. Look at the third verse. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words, with false words, make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. Now, understand, for if God, the fourth verse, spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and deliver them into the chains of darkness to, the, to, the, uh, to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly, What's he saying about all this stuff? Remember these things. Remember these things. He goes on, and the ninth verse says, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust in the day of judgment to be punished. He knows how to be that way. But chiefly, them that walk after the flesh and the lust of uncleanliness and despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed, they're not afraid to speak evil of dignities. They're not, they are not ashamed to speak evil of dignities, of the things of God. I'm going to tell you something, my brothers and my sisters. When it comes to, to Shabbat, there is nothing any holier than Shabbat, Sabbath. The Lord God said, I sanctify and I cause the seventh day to become holy. And it shall be holy throughout your generations for a perpetual covenant unto you for all the generations. It don't get any holier than that. But yet, at the same time, what has happened? We have got ministers. We have got Christians that have stood up to speak evil. Well, you don't, you don't keep that anymore. 
Jesus was the Lord of Sabbath. He didn't, he, when He came, it, it all ended. No, it didn't all end. It can't all end. Why? Because God said it would live on perpetually. Alright? Now, He goes on to say some things down through here that I think that, that maybe you and I after we, after we get into and understand, he says in 11 verse, Whereas angels which are greater in power and might bring not railing accusations against them before the Lord, but these as natural brute beasts make to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of things that, that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Now what's going to happen to them? They're going to, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to, uh, they're going to be gone in their own corruption. They're going to perish in it. But, but you know what? They speak evil things they understand not. They don't understand New Moon. Now, I think the neat thing to think about in all this is, how long ago was it before you knew that there was anything called New Moon that you were to keep? How long? Well, for Pete's sakes, I never, I never heard in, in, in all the years that I was in church, I never heard one minister ever mention New Moon. I heard people talk about, don't forget, Full moon will be coming up and we'll be having our Halloween party in the basement. Don't forget that. Of course, we all came dressed up as Christian characters. That pleased the socks right off of the Lord God, I'm sure. Okay? I'm sure that that impressed him and it made it okay. And like they tell me, well, now, Brother Decker, you're making a big deal out of nothing. God looks upon the intents of the heart and we don't mean wrong with it. And I said, well, try to explain that to him, will you? Now, you understand... He says, having eyes full. Now, let me, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 13th verse. And shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to riot in the day time. Spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. Having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and heart that have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children. Now, 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 well, that's the, the heathens down the street. No, it's not. Fifteen verse, which have forsaken the right way, children of God, and have gone astray, following the way of, uh, of Balaam, the son of Bozar, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Now, let me tell you something. We have to understand, and we've got to get down to the place of realizing, I'm preaching you out of Second Peter, the second chapter of Second Peter. I'm not, not I, you know, and that's the reason I, I, I want to do, I came away from the Old Testament where bang, 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 those old prophets all the time were banging on the heads of those people who were sin. Tell them that you will keep you will keep the Sabbath. You remember the old prophet that went out and stood at the gate. He said, "You kill everybody that comes in here that comes in to buy and sell. There will be no buying and selling on on Shabbat." They didn't like the prophets because the prophets came and the prophets said, "Thus saith the mouth of God." They couldn't do anything with the prophets, even though they stoned them, they put them to death. God just kept bringing up prophets and kept sending prophets. He has done that throughout the generations. Listen to me. For 2,000 years, God has done that. In our time of dispensation of grace. And yet we listen not. Why did we listen not? We didn't want to hear those things. We didn't want to hear them. We're not set to hear those kind of things. We don't want to hear that. Those old prophets would come and they would prophesy, and bless God, I'm going to tell you something. The earth would begin to shake. The waters, the, the Jordan would open up. A prophet of things to come is what people like me are. We prophesy those things, and, 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 and I'm going to tell you something. Our hearts become heavy. People think that, bless God, that we, we like it because all this is happening. We don't like it. It's easy for you to, to listen to lying words of those smooth prophets. It's, it's better to listen to that than things that I've got to say. I mean, it's not, it's not easy to stand and uh, sit and listen to, to a prophet of God say, you don't want to do it this way? Bury your children and then come and see me when the next one comes. And people don't want to hear that. Why? Because what people want to hear is, put all your money in the basket and, and, and God will bless you a hundredfold. 
That's what people want to hear. People want to have somebody wrote me this week, emailed me this week, and I sat down and I wrote him back a deal, and this guy was wondering. He had been to all the latest conferences, prophetic conferences, and been prophesied over, and, and he just, things weren't working, and it, it hadn't changed, and he hadn't been enlightened, and, and God wasn't giving him the, showing him the things he thought he needed to be showing him. And I wrote him back and I said, maybe you're not called to be a prophet. I said, maybe, and I said, let me tell you something. He, he, he got on the website and read all my stuff and said, I know that you're a prophet of God, a real prophet. And he said, I just want you to tell me what to do. And I did. I said, you fast and pray till God come rain righteousness upon you. If all you had to do is contact, or all I had to do was contact somebody and get one quick prayer to change my life, dear God in heaven, we'd all done it yesterday. Somebody say amen. We'd all done it yesterday. It doesn't work that way. I'm sorry. Put all your money in the basket, bless God, and you can hear whatever you want to hear from God tomorrow morning at 8.45. If you believe that, bless God, then you, you know. But that's what the church is selling the people. That's what the church wants you to believe and to understand. That, bless God, that, you, that we're all great ones in the eyes of God. I'm going to tell you something. There is no difference in the eyes of God one to another. God looks upon prophets and just like He looks upon the poorest, uh, uh, the most crippled person on the face of this earth, one and the same. He's not, he's not a God, the blessed God that discerns differently between any of us. But the fact of it is that all of us don't walk in the same place. The, th- the, same th- the thing that I'm seeing now that just aggravates the stink out of me is the fact that what I prophesied about 20 years ago, now everybody wants to be a prophet. Everywhere I go, people are coming up and saying, oh, I'm a prophet this, I'm a prophet that. I'm Barbados and this guy coming up that I met 20 years ago. And came up and he, said, he looked at me and he said, you remember me? And I said, yeah, I, I remember you. I said, you look familiar? And he said, well, uh, I'm a prophet, you know. And I said, well, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. And, and, and he happened to be one of those guys that, bless God, they, they come to me and tried to get me on, on TV one time a number of years ago, right after I prophesied that the Prime Minister of Barbados was going to be leaving office if he didn't call, call that little nation to repentance. And 24 hours after my feet left Barbados, he was uh, resigned and went out of office, and then I went back down. Then they're going to have me on TV with two other island prophets that they had there. And I said... I don't have time for this. And I said, and they said, well, you, you, you should be, uh, the one to be around the other prophets. I said, well, you have them to give me a sign. And when the sign comes to pass, then me and them will get on TV. That's been 20 years ago when this one guy's standing before me. Now, while I'm down in Barbados, I prophesy a tsunami is going to come and going to absolutely devastate the island of Barbados, uh, Trinidad, uh, Tobago, which is small down through there, the, 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 the uh, Grenadine Island. Uh, the, uh, it, it's going to happen. This, 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 this character tried to call me the next day, and I, I, I told him, I said, who is it? And he told me, I said, I'm, I, tell him I'm, I, don't want, I don't want to talk. And so anyway, Stephen said, I'll call you back. said, the prophet's going to be leaving the country. He said, I'll call you back. And, and so after I left, uh, Stephen called me. The next day when I got home, and he said, well, I called him. I said, well, what did he say? Well, he wanted to just tell you that when he went home that night, that God gave him a vision of a tsunami coming on this island. I said, you call that jerk back, and that's what I called him was a jerk, and I said, you call that jerk back and you tell him, it does not work that way. You don't hear somebody else prophesy, go home and have a vision or a dream or whatever, and then all of a sudden you know that that's going to... Now, you can have confirmation of things, don't misunderstand me. But now this guy's going all over the island telling people there's a great tsunami coming because God had spoke to him because he's a prophet. I said, boy, oh, that just, I, I don't have enough to say about those things, nor will I take enough time tonight to do it, all right? Now, authorities, bless God, of this country, preachers that are collecting billions of dollars and prosperity and, and talking about the rapture. In other words, everything is good, everything is smooth, everything is nice. Everything has taken place. But at the same time that they've been doing this over the past 20 years, God is speaking to the real prophets and God is saying, America is preparing herself for the slaughter. America is now ready for the slaughter. America is going to go to the slaughter. 
Now, you stop and you think, now which one of those messages would you rather hear? Well, let's don't any of us jump up and shout because we'd all rather hear the first one. Nobody wants to hear that America is ready for the slaughter. Nobody wants to hear that. But the problem is that no one has ever listened very well to the prophets anyway until it comes to that one point in time when everything is not going very well. And when that time comes, then all of a sudden, listen to me, all of a sudden then, that gloom and doom guy becomes popular. And see, that's the thing that I'm going through now. I'm going, now let's see. Three or four years ago, they wouldn't walk across the street to listen to me. I prophesied all over that island of Barbados. We had going on 800 people. I didn't. I never had a crowd in Barbados that big. Showed up in the same place. Now, God is preparing America again for the fact that it's coming. God is going to destroy the wicked, but I'm afraid that some of those people calling themselves the righteous are going to go along with them. Let's, let's, let's go back, back over in Jeremiah. And let me see, I think I already jumped ahead here myself. I love doing that. And then when I do, uh, yes, I did. Now, forget that, because I went ahead and get, did that tenth verse, where it said that you stand before me and come and stand, and, and all those abominations, deliver me from them. And isn't that really where we're at? We go out here and get into all this stuff and say, oh, God, forgive me for it. Um, I prophesied this a long time ago. I don't remember exactly how long ago, but I'm going to share it with you. Do you remember when Yeshua prayed for the woman, and He said, Be whole? And He said, Go sin no more. He said, that Because if you do, greater is going to come, something worse is going to come on you than you've had. We don't know that part of the Scripture. We've never... Why? Because we've been too busy over here collecting all these blessings and, and collecting all this old, all this old smooth prophecy and stuff that we don't, at least the worst thing come upon us. We don't, we don't realize that. Folks, I'm, I'm going to tell you what we don't do, and I've seen it for years. We do not fear God. We don't fear God. We, we, we haven't feared God for generations. And now we're coming to a time when God is dropping the hammer in this deal. And now people are going to run like a bunch of scared rabbits because they don't know how to fear God. They played with God. They didn't grow up, bless God, what they did, they played. All they want to do is stand around and talk about, well, God told me this and God told me that. They didn't want to keep Shabbat. They didn't want to keep New Moon. They didn't want to keep these festivals. Then this thing's going to come down like a ton of bricks on top of them. And when it does, bless God, they better not have the nerve to get a hold of me. Because I'm going to tell them. God don't have time for it, and neither do I. Now, we've got ourselves in such... Let's go to Romans, the first chapter. We've got ourselves in such a mess today. And, and, and you know, I remember when I began to prophesy the fact that we were going to get ourselves in a position where we're going to begin to see women, bless God, being men and men being women. And now, I'm, I'm talking about 25 years ago. Those visions came. And, 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 I, and I, remember, I remember trying to, you know, say to the Lord, well, how could this be? And, and, and a spirit of perversion, the Lord told me, He said, a, per, a, a, a spirit of perversion is going to overtake America. And I remember when that thing began to that take place out, up, uh, out on the West Coast, out there in San Francisco, when all, when all the gay things really came, you know, that we say come out of the closet. I remember God saying, He said, look, what did I tell you? What did I tell you? He said, look, He said, stand in the holy place and you prophesy. He said, you stand in the holy place and you prophesy. And I stood and I began to prophesy, and out of my belly God said, because of this perversion, He said, there will be millions of babies that will be destroyed in women's rooms, and there will be laws that will be passed to permit, permit them to do such. People said, that will never happen. It did, didn't it? Hey, thank you again so much. That's Prophet Tom Deckard, Mount Carmel, Illinois, Cradle of Hope Ministries. Again, you can get more information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. Get out there, do yourself a favor, find out what's going on here, and you won't be disappointed. So, again, you can also get more. All the tape series is out there on the website for you to get a hold of. I greatly encourage you 
to get all that. You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com, and we'll be praying for your prayer request. Again, that's cradle at jewishprophet.com. Shalom. Until next week, remember, with God, all things are possible. Mm-hmm.